You're listening to What She Said, a podcast about blogging, creativity and life online hosted by me, Lucy Lucraft, a freelance journalist and blogger based in Brighton. Hi, Lola. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. So for anybody that doesn't know who you are, do you want to just give us a little rundown of you, who you are... I'm really bad at this part. (laughs) (laughs) I can never concisely explain what I do because there's a lot of a lot of parts to it. But I'm Lola. I'm a writer, podcaster, creative business coach, and the founder of One Girl Band, which is a collective and co-working space for female entrepreneurs and creatives. And that always sounds like such an elevator pitch, but that's just yeah, that's it. I think that's really good. When you say you can't, you're not very good at describing what you do. That's perfect. Well, it just always sounds so staged. No. Like, but that's it. That, that's what I do. That's so, who you are. That's what you are. do. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you start out? Because you started out doing something not completely different, but mm-hmm. when you first kind of started freelancing, it was LH Designs, wasn't it? You were brush lettering. Yeah. yeah, I was a hand letterer and designer, branding designer, kind of a lot more, I wouldn't say a lot more creative, but a lot more hands-on. Um, mm-hmm. So I started my first business, which was LH Design, when I was 19. So that was oh, five years ago in May would have been when I started it. Um, so kind of a long time, kind of not, but kind of a long time. Yeah, probably feels um, like a long time. Yeah, oh God, it feels like 10 years. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that basically came from me being made redundant from a little graphic design job I had, um, where I made kind of teaching resources for schools. So it's like worksheets and geas for giraffe, et cetera, et cetera. Cute. It was cute, but incredibly boring yeah. and inc- like mind numbingly boring. And it was kind of my first, um, my first proper, I'd say a proper office job. I was in retail from kind of 13 to, well, up until a couple of years ago um so it was my first kind of foray into office life um and I was made redundant and was honestly kind of happy for it I was kind of ecstatic that I was made redundant <laughs> as much as it meant we had no money and I had no job um but it pushed me to do the stuff I actually wanted to do. And I'd been kind of hand lettering from a very young age. I was the kid that could never draw, but wanted to do something hands-on, wanted to kind of be the artist, yes. etc. Um And yeah, it all happened very quickly and also very organically at the same time. Like I've never... I mean, at school, you're not taught that being self-employed is an option. So Mm. I never really thought it was an option. Both my parents are self-employed. My dad's a plumber and my mum owns a shop. So I've kind of been surrounded by people who work for themselves. But I never thought it was an option for me Um, because you're not taught that. You're Mm. kind of conditioned to go to uni, get a job, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't go to uni. I moved down here to Brighton instead. And yeah, I just started selling prints really bad really bad prints and greeting cards on Etsy and then didn't make a sale kind of for the first four or five months but within those four and five months I was just teaching myself absolutely everything I could teach myself about business about marketing about just getting the products out there and it eventually started kind of coming to fruition and then I did a graphic that was shop independent this Christmas and I kind of did a blog post that accompanied it about why we should shop independent at Christmas put on Instagram and it blew up 
quite literally it it went viral as it were and that meant that everyone could see who I was and Mm -hmm. the brand got recognition and that was kind of the turning point for everything where I realized I was sort of on the right track and doing things that were working um and yeah it was kind of a snowball effect from there things rapidly kind of went up and then I started One Girl Band, I think, yeah, definitely that year. In 2015, I started One Girl Band because I was just feeling incredibly lonely, incredibly isolated, the same old story kind of thing. And I was meeting or connecting with all these women on Instagram who were doing really cool things, but also feeling incredibly lonely, incredibly isolated. And I just had this craving to kind of show that we were all in the same boat that no matter what you see on Instagram no matter kind of how many peonies next to a white wall you <laughs> see like there is still a lot of a lot of rubbish behind the scenes um so yeah I started meetups we did kind of monthly meetups in a restaurant in Brighton and then again it just it grew very fast and I kind of knew from the first meetup that this was what I wanted to do was to get women who worked for themselves in the same room in the same kind of just just people who got it Mm -hmm. in the same room and could bounce ideas off each other could support each other could empower one another and yeah that's kind of it's kind of what happened (laughs) and when did you when did you open your co-working space around the same time No, no, no. So that opened February last year, so February 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was kind of a jump from... We started the meetups in 2015, and then, yeah, so a good two, three years before the space opened. But now we have the... We have like coffee mornings every month and expertise sessions where we get kind of speakers in to kind of talk about their expertise and to teach everyone something about business or mindset or self-care. And then we've got the space as well. So it's kind of grown to this, I don't know, this kind of umbrella of things. And then I shut LH Design down in September last year because I was doing my coaching. I was doing one girl band and I just, I kind of I just fell out of love with LH mm. Design and it it kind of had served its purpose for that time um yeah and it just felt right to kind of move on from it I think that's one of the things that's really cool about you is that you're really honest about your journey you don't talk about your about where you are in isolation of hey mm. I'm this and just post your best and then <laughs> yeah. use the right oh, hashtags yeah. and you'll get to the right place and da, 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 da. I'm no. using Instagram as a specific example but you know what I mean I think it's yeah. a good metaphor for everything in business you mm. talk about the journey and you talk about the fact that um <clears throat> at one point in your in your career you went back to working in retail to supplement mm-hmm. your income so it took the pressure off your endeavors yeah. in a way yeah, definitely. I went back to, can I say the name? I guess I can say yeah. no. I went to work in Toast, which is mm. obviously everyone knows Toast. Um, and I had really good hours. I only worked 12 to 3 Monday to Friday. So I, when I applied and when I got the job, I was like, well, that's great because I can do everything around it. Yeah. But <laughs> I did less than when I didn't have, <laughs> you, you kind of, you get up, you have to get ready for work and then you go to work do work come back and you're just knackered because you've been standing up for only three hours but it's obviously brain power and everything like that so I was just doing nothing and as much as it was helping take the pressure off of paying rent and paying the bills 
I was again becoming miserable because I wasn't doing what I loved and I kind of felt like I was compromising on everything I was standing for and everything I was talking about online and how I run my business everything like that so I did leave I think I went back to retail for like six months and then was like okay no this has given me the push to realize that what I'm doing working for myself is what I want to do and I'm not going to kind of, I'm just going to work really hard at that and make yeah. it work somehow. And it kind of give, it gave me that kind of kick up the ass to actually focus on it and be serious about it, which I kind of think I needed. I mean, I started at 19. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's so I young, have, isn't it? When you yeah, look back. Like I wouldn't have admitted it at the time because you know, you're stubborn as heck. When you're <laughs> but I was very naive. Yeah. I probably still am naive. Like I, I, made I mean made mistakes like anyone does but I in my head was like no I need to be the best I can be I need to be this kind of young incredible entrepreneur who is kind of overpassing anyone and I yeah I think going back to retail and and kind of letting my ego take a hit letting my Mm. pride take a hit definitely helped because it was like okay this is what I want to do and going back has shown me this is what I want to do so I'm going to take it seriously now I'm going to try my absolute hardest to make this work and I think it worked hopefully it worked (laughs) well it propelled you on to the next stage in your career so yeah yeah I I love that but I love that I think it's brilliant um and one of the other things that you talk about which I love and every time you talk about it I raise my hands (laughs) hallelujah um is the side hustle and hustle Mm. and just that word I I know I hate that word I hate it too I think it's terrible it's it doesn't serve us and I think it's something that seems to be reserved for women Mm -hmm. um -hmm. but I'd love to hear your thoughts on the hustle because you've actually got a court has it closed now a course yeah Yeah. so I've got the busy doesn't equal success course which is closed at the moment but it's coming back in the new year Um, great okay but yeah just just hustle in general just makes me want to throw up (laughs) I I spent the first three years of being in business hustling and I'm doing air quotes there you can't see (laughs) hustling and working like 14 hour days and sacrificing so much time with family and with friends and just working myself into the ground like so much so that I ended up collapsing and fractured my skull and it was all very dramatic and it was a massive wake up call to realize that I'd just been listening to all these people who were kind of glorifying busyness mm. and glorifying the hustle and like hustle's always surrounded by like pink and kind of yeah. so it was an attack like it, it I think you're right about it being kind of a genderized thing which is sad because it's also it's a it's pushed by men mm. like this whole hustle if you have spare time you're not deserving of being a business owner like it's pushed by these male marketers who claim to know everything kind of thing like these gurus again air quotes gurus and after kind of my burnout I a I had to turn my life around because I was literally killing myself I was injuring myself because I thought I had to be doing this sort of work I Mm. thought I had to be working 14 hour days in order to be taken seriously in order to reach my version of success in order to be successful I thought I had to do these things and when I came out of hospital I carried on working I carried on working how I was like 
very long days and it wasn't until um the nurse rang me up to kind of check how I was doing and I said oh like I'm okay I just can't really concentrate on work like I'm finding it really hard and she was like why are you working you just (laughs) you've just fractured your skull (laughs) you've just broken your head and you're still working like if you had a broken foot or a broken arm or anything you wouldn't be in work and if you had a normal job like normal conventional nine to five you wouldn't be at work and just hearing that made me realize that as freelancers, self-employed, business owners, whatever you want to call it, as people who work for themselves, we are kind of, we're being fed this myth of if you work for yourself, you don't have the same, I don't know if it's benefits or advantages, you don't have the same sort of stance as conventional jobs. Mm. You have to work a thousand times harder in order to prove your worth to kind of to prove that you're serious to be doing this kind of thing and it was a real wake-up call and since then I've massively changed how I worked and almost just stopped giving a fuck (laughs) especially this year I was just talking um I had my final call with my coach this morning and I was I was saying to her I was like in the last couple of months I mean it's been it's been a pretty hard year for me anyway but in the last couple of months I've just reached a point where I don't care like I don't care how what my career looks like to other people or if I'm growing fast enough or if it looks like I'm growing fast enough because at the end of the day it all comes down to if it looks like we're doing the right things and that is probably comes into social media and everything like that but yeah I've just reached a point of I don't want to hustle I don't want to kill myself to work hard and to get the best results like I know that I get the best results when I work less and when I'm focused on work and when I'm focused on work for less hours, I get more done Mm. and I get better work done. And we kind of just need to get out of this rut of work hard, like just work smart rather than hard, I think. And I'm glad the conversation is happening more and I'm glad it's opening up and people are starting to realise you don't have to hustle, but there's still so much work to be done with it. So what is your... Let's talk about your courses if it's happening now, because I yeah. think this episode will be released. In fact, I'll make I, sure that it's released in January, so we can just talk about the oh, courses cool. if it's open at a higher price it's point. Open, it's yeah, there. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, your course, um, mm-hmm. how how does it work? What is it self paced? What are kind of the guiding principles behind it? Yeah, Tell us so everything. It's, it's all self paced. Um, there's five modules. Number one, in fact, I'm going to have to get it up because I cannot remember. (laughs) That would be a magician if I could remember everything. (laughs) Bear with, bear with. No, that's a podcast. That's definitely not what I meant. There we are. Yeah, so it's all self-paced. It's all DIY. You kind of just, you can chop in and out you can do it all at once or you can do like one one module a week kind of thing I always recommend one module a week because it kind of keeps you keeps you um thread it's like the momentum of it yeah yeah god my vocabulary is not working (laughs) (laughs) but there's five modules and module one's getting clear on what you want so figuring out your version of success your why and how you want your work week to look so it kind of looks at what your work week is now 
and perhaps what you don't like about it or what isn't working for you and kind of gets you thinking about what you want your ideal work week to look like. Um, and then module two is your goals and aims. So it kind of teaches you how to set intentional and purposeful goals without putting an unholy amount of pressure on yourself and without overwhelming yourself and just kind of showing that you can get to your version of success without burning out, without working. And I, I, I hate the phrase working hard because mm. it makes it because if you say, Oh, I don't work hard. That makes it sound like you're not working, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. without burning out essentially. Um, and module three is da, 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 work smarter, not harder. So it's basically just um, a bunch of systems and processes I use in order to work smarter, not harder. Um, and then module four is just how we can actually achieve balance. I don't like using the word balance because I think balance isn't a linear thing. Like yeah. <laughs> we're, there's always going to be weeks where we do have to work a little of more hours or if we've got a launch coming up or new products coming out like we are going to have to work more hours and a bit harder those weeks but there's also going to be weeks where family stuff happens and yeah. where life gets in the way so balance to me is a bit of a I'm still not sure about that word but module four is basically figuring out ways that you can create white space within your schedule learning to say no and overcoming guilt because unfortunately as women guilt comes into a lot of this a lot of avoiding burnout avoiding um like we can't say no no is a very hard word for us to say which is heartbreaking because men don't even flutter their eyelids at the word no it's such a shame isn't it because that it's one of the best things that you can learn is how to say no with grace and without feeling any guilt. Yeah. That's, that's what opens your schedule up. I think I've certainly yeah. found that hundred percent this year and maybe the year before was kind of the first time where I really started saying no, even to things where I kind of thought, Oh, well, that might be quite good. But my gut was instantly like, Nope, don't mm. do it. Like I've learned so many times to listen to my gut because every single time I don't, I regret it instantly. Yeah. Like within five minutes, something will happen where I've gone, oh, why did I listen to my gut? And do you think that kind of laser, laser kind of gut intuition comes from getting really, really clear on your why? Because that's yeah. what you talk about mm. your why a lot and, mm. and coming back to that always. And that's certainly something that I've learned also mm. yeah I, I I kind of think of your why as the pillar of all your values so it's almost like the foundation of everything you're doing because why do things and agree to do things that aren't in alignment with your why because it, it's getting you further from where you want to be and it's also making you miserable in the process so kind of having a very clear why and a very clear vision of what you want to achieve and where you want to be it just helps you to to a say no to opportunities that don't align with that, but b to really become self aware and get mm. your intuition up and go, hey, do you know what? That isn't right for me. That isn't in alignment with what I want to do. So I'm I'm going to say no, or I'm going to give it to someone else. I'm going to recommend someone else. Like there's always there's so much power in listening to yourself, but it does take time. I think it's definitely something that is a practice a daily practice <laughs> but from a practical point of view 
Mm. What what got you closer to? Because I think also your why changes. Oh, a hundred percent. It's not as your business it's evolves. Kind of, yeah, it's not a solid thing. I think it's a very um, it's an ever growing thing. It, mm. it changes constantly. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you'll have heard me mention the blogger course, and for good reason too. Over a series of weeks, Monica shares tips on creating video content, branding, writing, and the dreaded niche. <laughs> In fact, this was such a game changer of a chapter for me that I went from thinking I was just a travel blogger to knowing that I am something completely different and that I have a super tight niche. It really, really changed my blogging life. The course isn't the only thing that you'll get as all chapters are available for audio download and when you join, you become a member of the Private Blogger Course Facebook group where members share tips, tricks and opportunities too. Monica also gave members of the course the chance to join her on a press trip this year. If you want to sign up, head to thebloggercourse.com today and get 20% off with the code what she said. 20% off with the code what she said. So what sort of practical things have you found have got you closer to your why? Um Oh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, sorry, put you on the spot. No, I don't know. I think in a practical sense it's mostly just been from experience with me um I probably can't really pinpoint anything right now but with getting closer to my why it is just kind of figuring out what makes sense for me and where I want to go so for instance if someone was to email me in 10 minutes saying do you want to Uh, collaborate on a hand lettering project as much as I would like to do that right now I won't because it's not in alignment with where I want to go because that was before that Mm. was the time before kind of thing or then then in kind of the opposite sense if someone was like do you want to I don't know be on my podcast and talk about burnout I'd be like yeah because that's what I want to push I want to push this message of we don't we can avoid burnout we don't have to kill ourselves to get to where we want to be so it's kind of my why again changes constantly but there's it tends to be in a similar theme and that is helping as many women as possible reach their version of success and reach a life that they desire and deserve and for me to have some sort of sense of contentment I never say happiness anymore because I don't think happiness is something we should strive for Mm. I think again it's not a linear thing it's it's some it's like little moments of joy I think are happiness it's very similar to kind of burping or (laughs) or it's like they're just moment they're random they just happen like just little moments of joy and I think that's what happiness happiness is but I I mean I suffer quite badly from depression and severe um, panic disorder so as long as I feel calm, connected and content, that is my why. Mm -hmm. So everything I agree to do or any opportunity I chase or any kind of new service I put out or any content I put out has to align with that, if that all makes sense. Yeah, it it does. It does. And it's a really hard one, isn't it? Because I suppose there isn't really a practical way of getting to your... No, because it's all intuition. Yeah. Like, it's all what you want. Um, I would definitely, if you do, if anyone listening to this wants to figure out their why, definitely read Start 
with why by Simon Sinek because that's what kind of got me onto all of this and he has many many practical um points and resources because he's done the science all behind it whereas I got a d in science so (laughs) not the best to talk about that (laughs) so going back to um how your business has evolved Mm. and um how you how you kind of work with women on um achieving their what they the life that they desire and deserve Mm. how how does it how does kind of diversity play into it because you're really you speak up quite a lot for well you're an intersectional feminist and you speak up Mm -hmm. a lot about diversity and making sure that we hit all those touch touch points because there are plenty and we were talking about this the other day there are plenty of things that you can often see online in terms of panels and mm-hmm. and they're just <laughs> white women and we were talking about it and you you said something really funny you were like the only diverse thing on this panel was a brunette yeah um, and yeah. so but how do you how do you kind of make sure that in your space it's safe and inclusive because that's a big task it's really hard yeah I mean and I should kind of prefix all of this with I'm definitely still learning I I mean I think we all are Mm. I think all of this is an education um in kind of counteracting white supremacy and getting a space for everyone on the table like that is essentially what I want to do is create a space for everyone at the table because we all deserve to be at that table um not just kind of white middle class women and and that is that's coming from a white kind of working to middle class women like it there there's just it's not over I think I think a, a lot of people assume that racism and sexism and all the isms uh I mean this could be a long conversation I'll try not to kind of go too far into it but with Wanga Ban especially, like we, we aren't. So I, I prefix everything with saying self-identifying females because we're not just for um, cisgendered females because again that wouldn't be inclusive. Um, the only people we don't really serve are cis men, and that of course comes with its uh, controversies. I get mm-hmm. a lot of emails. Yeah, I get a lot of emails from men being like, "Why can't I come? Why aren't you including us?" Um, that that mm. spiel which is again i i i wouldn't say fair enough because i hate that phrase but it it's a conversation to have and it's a convers and it make and with my response it makes them realize okay yeah you're right like the women do need a space where they feel safe where they feel calm and yeah. where they don't have to worry about putting up with office banter and mm. kind of this archaic anti-dated work ethic mm. that we're still living in um and the workplace the kind of environment that some workplaces encourage almost mm. <laughs> and what they breed and um, that was basically a big reason as to why we started the co-working space because i would go and do kind of trial days at co-working spaces at mixed co-working spaces and feel incredibly uncomfortable feel incredibly in- intimidated almost like my business was a hobby yeah and that it wasn't taken seriously, that I was probably earning more than most of the people in there. And I was probably, I don't know, like, it 
it was just bizarre as you would walk in you would kind of feel yeah just intimidated and and just not very comfortable and I knew I needed to create a space for self-identifying women where they could go and feel calm feel Mm. safe um but in terms of inclusivity and diversity I because obviously with the podcast and with our events I try very hard to keep it all in mind um and I try and avoid the white middle-class women on a panel essentially like this is it's too important of, of a conversation to sweep under the rug as uncomfortable as it can be as inarticulated as you can feel sometimes like sometimes I mean I've definitely used my privilege and have been silent on things because I haven't felt like I've had the right words to say things and that is that's disappointing to me because even if we don't feel we have the right words we should still speak up because there are people who can't speak up and they they get pushed down they get oppressed for just saying I don't agree with this and that isn't fair so yeah it's just being aware of my privilege and aware of how I can how I can bring as many people to the table as possible if that makes sense yeah definitely I think you do yeah we're all learning I think you do a good job um there are plenty of um spaces that aren't inclusive and don't even you can see aren't even striving to be inclusive so there's no mention of it there's Mm. no there's no um there's no hint at it which is in 2018 like that's just disappointing like we've all we've got google we can we know how to research it we we don't have to kind of take up for example, we don't have to take up women of colour's time by telling them to tell us how we can do better. Like, Google it. You'll yes. find the answers there. Yes, I completely agree. And I think, it, yeah, I love how you prefix it as well with that you're, you're learning because I'm learning too. We're all learning. Mm. But you're so right. It's so much more important. And I say this all the time. Just say it clumsily rather than say nothing at all because mm-hmm. if your intention is good it doesn't really matter as long as your intention is to raise other people up and raise awareness then it doesn't matter if you say it and get it wrong and someone comes back to you and says actually you know what that was offensive just apologize (laughs) just learn and don't do it again this is the thing like I think to say it clumsily and to make mistakes and for people to call you out I think calling out is a good thing Mm. in most respects because it helps you learn like there's been times I mean I probably just then have said something that isn't um that probably isn't correct but with and then someone gets back and says oh actually no this isn't the right way to say that or there's a better way of saying it that's then I know the next time that that's then the real the the correct way to say it so being called out isn't necessarily a bad thing in fact I welcome it so call me out (laughs) (laughs) that is um that is an open call out to call it out so just but also don't but (laughs) you can if you want just slide into her dms (laughs) oh dear (laughs) no but you know what i mean like it's it we we shouldn't just be silent because we're scared of saying the the wrong thing we we need to talk about it we need to be open about this because yeah there's people who can't have this conversation without being killed and that's just heartbreaking yeah yeah totally yeah I completely agree with you and I also wanted to talk briefly on 
coaching and mentoring and your experience of it and Mm -hmm. some of the things that we were talking about the other day um and of course only talk on what you feel comfortable to do (laughs) um we can cut anything else out (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) because we've both had the same coach um can i are you okay if i say yeah of course okay yeah yeah. yeah. we've both um been coached by jane carrington have had a wonderful Mm -hmm. experience um but she's an angel an absolute angel she's amazing i love her (laughs) (laughs) but how about some of the negative experience because i think we're both we've both been in that bubble of seeing coaches Mm -hmm. um seeing courses (laughs) seeing vulnerable people be feel that they yes yes (laughs) yeah exactly I mean, you know that I have strong feelings about um, the coaching world and the wellness world in general, if we can even put coaching under that. Um, I, again, probably can't articulate it very well because it is something I feel quite strongly about and I get quite angry about Mm. it all. Um, But I, so I've been coaching for two years now. I've, I've, probably a year so like my full-time business has been coaching for a year but I was dipping in and out before I shut down LH Design um so I'm known as well I put out there that I'm a creative business coach but I don't actually like putting it out there because I don't agree with how coaches put themselves like I this is the thing I can't articulate this very well so you're gonna have to edit the heck out (laughs) But I can't articulate it without being a massive dick. So it's like trying to figure it out. I don't agree with the manipulation techniques that the coaching and wellness community can upheld. I, I don't agree with the kind of... And again, this is just my stance. There's going to be people who don't agree with what I'm saying. And that is totally fine. This is... this That's life. That's We all have different opinions. But... I feel uncomfortable with profiting off of people's vulnerability and suffering. Um, so that is why I've my coaching or at least how I go about my coaching and my approach and how I market it and how I sell it. I've always done it a certain way because I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person who, when a client says they can't afford to pay you, go, well, you're not serious about your business. Mm. Or if you can't invest in yourself, you're not serious about your business. Like, I, I don't agree with that. We all have different money troubles. We all have different relationship with money. Um, and yes, we should work on our money mindset. And that is a big thing of what I teach. But it's it again comes from a very privileged place to be able to say some to someone, don't worry about the money, just think about how much of an investment it is in yourself. Yes. Like that is a big thing to say to someone who can't afford a package of free grand. Yeah. And I know that sounds very rich coming from a coach and it probably yeah, it probably doesn't sound great, but there's just something about this kind of this myth of coaching and how there's a lot of people popping up doing it, which is great because that that means more people to help more people. But I think we've got to be so careful about how we're making people feel when we sell mm. our services and how we market to them and how I, just this whole manipulation culture, I, I'm just done with it and I see it all the time. And it, it's just, yeah, it's it makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> we have similar views 
similar views on it basically <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I, I won't I necessarily think. add to it because I I completely agree with what you've said I think yeah I think it's so difficult isn't it because on the one hand on the one hand I know I, I know and have seen and have had transformative yeah that's the thing effects from from coaching mm. and it I couldn't, I find it difficult to go it alone. I, I do need a coach and I don't have one at the moment. Mm. Um, you need that accountability to kind of keep yes. you going and keep the momentum going. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing, like coaching can be this amazing thing and it is an amazing thing. I love nothing more than sitting down with my clients and helping them get that little step further. And there are some coaches out in the world who are doing amazing things and transforming people's lives just from one hour calls every two weeks. Like that is amazing. Mm. But there's just something about the culture of it Mm. all and the environment and the kind of, yeah, just there's just there's like a dark underlayer that I don't think a lot of people see. Um, And it's the reason why I'm stepping back from coaching, because I just don't want to be in that sphere anymore. Um, I want to focus on my writing, on the podcast, and on one girl band. And yeah, so that's good. So I've gone on a massive rant. I do apologize. Not at all. No, that's I love it. That's what what she said is all about. And just a note to <laughs> Hannah, the editor, my lovely editor. Sorry about all the editing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. There's a lot. <laughs> You're a star. Thank you, Hannah. We love you. <laughs> that feels like a good note to end it on. So. Can you tell us a little bit about your course, how much it costs, where people can buy it and where everyone can find you online? Yeah, so the Busy Doesn't Equal Success course is on the One Girl Band website, which is onegirlband.co.uk. It's a 125, there's also payment plans available. Um, and I'm on Instagram at, at lolahode underscore and at onegirlband underscore and Twitter, but I... I tend to just retweet memes and try and be funny on that (laughs) (laughs) perfect thank you so so much thank you and you can find me at lucy lucraft everywhere but i mostly hang out on instagram you can find old episodes of what she said over at lucylucraft.com where you'll also find me chatting about all things blogging travel vegan life and zero waste living too Lastly, I know everybody asks this and it's a total pain in the ass, but please think about leaving the show a rating and review. It makes a huge difference to getting the show out to new listeners. And for every review you leave, I'll donate £2 to charity. So that's £1 for you and £1 from me. The chosen charity changes each month, so listen out for it in the intro each week. Thanks for listening.